Martin Luther King Jr. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once gave a speech that started with these words, three major evils, the evil of racism, the evil of poverty, and the evil of war. These are the three things that I want to deal with today. Now let us turn first to the evil of racism. There can be no gainsaying of the fact that racism is still alive all over America. Racial injustice is still the Negro's burden and America's shame. And we must face the hard fact that many Americans would like to have a nation which is a democracy for white Americans but simultaneously a dictatorship over black Americans. We must face the fact that we still have much to do in the area of race relations. It is very unfortunate that in the 57 years since that speech was made, racial progress in America has ground to a halt. There were some but those advancements have been pushed back due to white people's racism, and it is only getting worse in these post-Trumpian United States. The racial profiling, brutality, and murders of black and brown citizens, often unarmed and not resisting, at the hands of white police officers are out of control. More and more, thanks to mobile phones and decent people wanting to reveal the ugly truth of America's racism, white supremacist men and women are outed to the public while yelling racist slurs at or even physically attacking innocent black and brown people. Yet there are people who will stand before video cameras with a stupid smile on their ignorant faces and claim that racism doesn't exist in America. A 2019 Pew Research poll shows that most non-whites and Democrats believe that race relations are terrible in this country and that Trump actually made them worse. About 6 in 10 Americans, 58%, say race relations in the U.S. are generally bad, a view that is held by majorities across racial and ethnic groups. Still, blacks, 71%, are considerably more likely than whites, 56%, and Hispanics, 60%, to express negative views about the state of race relations. Democrats have more negative views of the current state of race relations than Republicans. About two-thirds of Democrats, 67%, say race relations are bad, while Republicans are more evenly divided, 46% say race relations are bad and 52% say they are good. These partisan differences are virtually unchanged when looking only at white Democrats and Republicans. Overall, 53% of the public says race relations are getting worse. Views are particularly pessimistic among those who say race relations are currently bad, 69% of this group says race relations are getting even worse, and 22% say they're staying the same. Just 9% think they're getting better. Among those who say race relations are good, 30% see things getting even better, while 30% say they're getting worse and 40% don't see much change. Juliana Manas Horowitz, Anna Brown, and Kiana Cox, How Americans See the State of Race Relations. Do people simply not get it? Do they have their heads up their bums, or do they just not care enough? I know for a fact that most whites view life through a white lens, and only see color when it directly affects them, when someone of another race uses a racial slur against them, for example, or when they hear the talking heads on faux news babbling about reverse racism or some other mythical social ill that supposedly affects white people. I'm not going to tell you that racism against whites does not exist, but it isn't a form of racism that holds any power. Only white people in white dominant lands, these white settler societies of old, hold any power, which is why there is such a thing as systemic racism. Black people do not wield that power, nor do Hispanics, or Asians, or Native Americans. Only white European Americans do, and the same is true in Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and other countries. Look at Latin America, who rules those nations? Mainly, men of European extraction. The darker you are, 
the lower your status in society, and if you do not believe that then take a hard look at Brazil, Cuba, and the Dominican Republic. MLK Jr. later declared in the same speech, in 1863 the Negro was granted freedom from physical slavery through the Emancipation Proclamation. But he was not given land to make that freedom meaningful. At the same time, our government was giving away millions of acres of land in the Midwest and the West, which meant that the nation was willing to undergird its white peasants from Europe with an economic floor, while refusing to do it for its black peasants from Africa who were held in slavery 244 years. And this is why Frederick Douglass would say that emancipation for the Negro was freedom to hunger, freedom to the winds and rains of heaven, freedom without roosts to cover their heads. It was freedom without bread to eat, without land to cultivate. It was freedom and famine at the same time. And it is a miracle that the Negro has survived. That is why reparations are needed. Hell, the government doesn't even have to give me any cash, just forgive my student loans and we're straight. Non-whites, other than Asians and light-skinned Hispanics and biracial people who can pass, are never going to be on equal footing with white people in this country. For every Barack Obama, there are hundreds that will live in poverty. For every Kamala Harris, there are hundreds that will never hold any type of leadership position despite advanced college degrees. For every, insert name here, there are hundreds that will endure a lifetime of stress, hardship, and turmoil simply because of their skin color. My grandparents worked their asses off and for what? To die at relatively young ages, never even coming close to the so-called American dream, homeownership, their own business, and an inheritance for their daughters and son and grandchildren. The often backbreaking hard work never paid off, my grandmother and siblings worked as sharecroppers in Georgia before fleeing that state for North Carolina, and my grandfather and his siblings did the same in South Carolina. My grandparents moved up north chasing that elusive dream but never found it. I have already lived half my life and have yet to find it as well, despite my own hard work. Reparations, a system of redress for egregious injustices, are not foreign to the United States. Native Americans have received land and billions of dollars for various benefits and programs for being forcibly exiled from their native lands. For Japanese Americans, $1.5 billion was paid to those who were interned during World War II. Additionally, the United States, via the Marshall Plan, helped to ensure that Jews received reparations for the Holocaust, including making various investments over time. In 1952, West Germany agreed to pay 3.45 billion Deutsche Marks to Holocaust survivors. Black Americans are the only group that has not received reparations for state-sanctioned racial discrimination, while slavery afforded some white families the ability to accrue tremendous wealth. And, we must note that American slavery was particularly brutal. About 15% of the enslaved shipped from Western Africa died during transport. The enslaved were regularly beaten and lynched for frivolous infractions. Slavery also disrupted families as one in three marriages were split up and one in five children were separated from their parents. The case for reparations can be made on economic, social, and moral grounds. The United States had multiple opportunities to atone for slavery, each a missed chance to make the American dream a reality, but has yet to undertake significant action. Rishon Ray and Andre M. Perry, Why We Need Reparations for Black Americans why did the United States pay reparations to Jews when the Holocaust did not happen here? The only genocides that took place on American soil were that of the Native Americans and later, via lynching and now police brutality and murders, that of black Americans. I will further address the issue of reparations in a later post. Dash. America's Chief Moral Dilemma. 
Copyright 1967 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Copyright Renewed 1995 Coretta Scott King